Welcome to episode 166 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. And we're back. Another wild football weekend. Super wild football weekend. The best ever? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think the best two days, I mean, the games, all of them decided like yeah. by a field goal. Yeah. I mean, the just the craziness of everything going on. It was, yeah, best weekend ever. Best individual weekend for sure. All right, let's get into it real quick. Uh, let's save. we can go in order again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bengals and Titans was first, I believe. <laughs> Yes, uh, I think we talked about how difficult this was going to be—the toughest one to predict. Yeah, and it but were was... you surprised? Yes and no. Okay, uh, I, I was surprised at how hesitant the Titans were to just lean on Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, I know he's coming back off of a, a tough injury, but I, I just thought that he's coming back too you know, be back a hundred percent. Gotcha. Yeah, I did too. Uh, and the Titans strangely put a lot of the game in Tannehill's hands. See, this is why when you mentioned Vrabel, I didn't say anything. Not because I don't think he's a good coach. I do think, you know, he's a, uh, an exciting coach. Yes. He's someone who try, he may get a little too creative sometimes. Yes. And, takes a little too many risks to the point like he's one of those guys who who uh he'll be in the meeting and everyone else every all the other rest of the staff will say no no we can't do that that's not gonna work it's not gonna work Brady says watch it'll work and he just wants the satisfaction of it working and but sometimes yeah it, like, i'm not work. i'm not gonna deny i was wrong i did i put faith in Vrabel, which kind of came back to bite me but I do like that he, to your point, he goes out competing. He he tries he stuff. He does. He tries a lot. Um, yeah. And and there's a game we'll talk about later where I, I wish there was more trying going on, but yeah. uh, no, and it, it, it reflected in how Tannehill played, to be honest, mm-hmm. because like the the three interceptions were bad, and, and it really frustrated me that he's been around the league for a long time. You got to know after one messy throw that gets tipped up, I'm not letting I'm not letting any of my throws get batted up into the air the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. And, and he can he continued to take risks similar to Vrabel. He continued to try stuff. Yeah. And again, it showed because he made a lot of big throws. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of like chunk throws to uh, A.J. Brown, a lot of big throws to Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, so again, like he was trying stuff. I just didn't like that. It was Joe Burrow versus Ryan Tannehill. Because I could have told if, if I knew that was going to be the game, I would, I wouldn't have picked the Titans. Obviously. I don't, right. I don't know anybody who would have. Right. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and that's what frustrated me, but all credit to the Bengals because the Titans did play well. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a good game. The whole game was a good game. So. Yeah and, yeah, and they they sacked Burrow a crazy amount of time. I think it was nine. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And Burrow responded. I mean, early on, he was just delivering, like, he was making all the correct 
reads, all the right decisions. Yep. Uh, and the Bengals, I, I like what they're doing. Man, they, I mean, they look good. They don't look Super Bowl. They don't look like a Super Bowl contender. But this is just the way they go out and compete is just it's been fantastic. Yeah, and then they're getting. You, you, uh, to me, it's they're missing one thing is protection for Burrow. Yeah, that's really it. I they got playmakers everywhere. Their yeah. defense makes plays. Just they yeah. got to protect Burrow. Yeah, I agree. which if next season they don't, then like we really have to criticize them because you know you lost your rookie quarterback for his entire first year or your second year quarterback. Yeah, you threw away his rookie year because you didn't protect him. Yeah. So now I I I think two years plenty of time to get some linemen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, moving on. 49ers Packers. 49ers caught the dub 13 to 10, low scoring game. Um so I I overslept this game live, unfortunately. Okay. Um, and I rewatched the second half after I woke up. And I gotta say, I would have felt I would have fell asleep watching the game. I was about to say all of us were sleep watching it, so don't worry about it, because it was it was terrible. And and you know what, this game, up until I I saw this second half, I was Mm -hmm. much more critical of Ryan Tannehill's performance. Say it again. Up until up until this Packer game, up until watching what happened, especially the second half. Yeah, I was a lot more negative about what I saw from Tannehill the game before. Uh-huh. And then I watched Aaron Rodgers <laughs> put on the pathetic performance that he did. Pathetic is certainly the word. Pathetic. I uh, again, Tannehill was some shit. You mm-hmm. could you could throw out whatever criticisms you want at Tannehill. Titans got a lot of d- decisions to make about their quarterback situation. Yeah. But and excuse my language, Tannehill didn't go out like a bitch. <laughs> That's exactly how Aaron Rodgers went out. Yeah, man. I mean, you're I can't not argue trying with that. to win the game. You're just out there throwing to one guy, two guys. Excuse me. Yeah. I just I, I don't understand how how is your completion percentage important in a game like this. That's what he does, though. He, he's definitely a stat chaser. How how are how is you not turning the ball over important by the end of the game when you have ten fucking points? Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't understand. All year long, the hype around the Packers is how complete they are. Yeah, I mean Devontae said, Adams well, is unstoppable. He finally you, has everything he needs. Everything, even when their defense was dealing with. Like Tampa Bay level injuries, they were yeah. still playing elite. Yep. Tampa Bay it looked looked clueless last week without their you know go to guys. Mm-hmm. The Packers are playing top tier defense with subs, mm-hmm. and and again they they arrive they show up to the playoffs all set. The defense is there, ready to go. Yep. You know what's not ready to go. The quarterback. Oh, oh, special teams gave up. Oh, special teams are so bad. They gave up a touchdown 
Uh, they gave up a field goal or they set the Niners up. That's 10 points. That's yeah. all Aaron Rodgers could put up in 60 fucking minutes. Yep. Aaron Rodgers put up the equivalent of special teams making two big plays. Yeah. That was, again, pathetic. It was. It was. It was really, really, really bad. From someone who I'm watching every Packer game I've watched, I'm like, yo, this Lazard guy is nice. Mm -hmm. He's open all the time. He makes big catches. He's got great size. Why why are you not throwing him the ball? (laughs) I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't look happy out there, man. Nah, he didn't. And it's crazy. Like that, everybody shows that play at the end when he just threw a bomb into double coverage to Adams. Yeah. When Lazar was wide open. Yeah. I mean, in the second half, I, I remember like six times where they show the replay. Lazar is getting wide fucking open and Rogers is either throwing a, a screen pass or forcing it to Adams. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know what to say, honestly. <laughs> I don't either, man. I, it was bad. It was definitely a bad, bad performance. I mean, I questioned the, the Packers' toughness before because, to me, yeah. they've gotten exposed physically a lot A lot of their bad playoff losses. Mm-hmm. But this this was entirely different. Yeah, this was just no effort on offense. None. And Roger, for Rodgers to even make, like, a, a deal out of whether he's coming back or not, you played like you have one foot out the door. Yeah. If I'm a what? Packers fan, I wouldn't want him back after exactly. how he At this point, you're not going to the Super Bowl with that. Really, the last three years has just been enough drama for me to not want him back. And, and it's the last three years. I can make the argument the Packers have had a, one of the best rosters, one of the best coaching staffs. And yeah. One of the best records. Yeah, definitely one of the best records, yeah. And they got nothing. Not a fucking, not even an appearance. Yep. Garoppolo's going to be trying to get his second appearance. Yeah. And even Garoppolo, who was was garbage, was awful. Yeah, he was. This was the game to get them out of here. Didn't, Didn't quit. He didn't just... Like, let the team play. He was trying to make shit happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, t- I criticized Dak heavily for, for looking like Jimmy Garoppolo last week. Mm-hmm. To me, Aaron Rodgers didn't even look like Garoppolo. <laughs> he looked like a fucking quitter. He did. And at least Dak wasn't, like, wasn't the only one who didn't show up, like, you know, like we said, Zeke didn't show up. Zach, Dak was there, and he just didn't play to his best. I, I understand. Rogers what what more? Like he does, wasn't even there at the game. What more does Aaron Rodgers need? Jones, great game. Uh, when Adams wasn't fucking double and triple teamed, he was giving producing. Lazar mm-hmm. was open all game. Mm-hmm. Again, this was the most blatant. My completion percentage and stats are more important than the outcome of this game. Yeah, it was. It was. And, and sure. that really, it really bothered me. And like you said, it, it's time to move on. We've seen enough. Yeah. This roster is not getting any better. 
Right. I bet another, you know, another quarterback, probably a lesser quarterback, could come in and take this team right to the Super Bowl. But and and if we get if we're if we have to fucking come back on the podcast and have multiple conversations about like what Rogers is doing. Like if there's drama around this, kind of like it was with Favre, yeah, I'll never respect Rogers again. <laughs> you mean drama about like his whether agency? he's retiring or going somewhere uh, else, gotcha. or you know, same shit Favre pulled. <laughs> you, be honest, can um, you not see Aaron doing the exact same thing? Yeah, going and playing like one year as some trash team, going to another team. Going to the Vikings. Yeah, I know. By the way, yeah, by the way, that. think about how much better Aaron Rodgers is. And Favre had a better Packer career than him. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that it, tells you all you need to know. It's like a – I know Rodgers is better, but thinking about, like, Favre's highlights, it doesn't seem like he's better because Favre – Always gave 100%. That's what I'm time. saying. Favre, Favre could have never had a game like this. Right. No Favre, Favre would have gotten benched for too many turnovers before <laughs> he didn't do anything. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what I again, liked about Favre. That's, that's what I liked it from Tannehill in hindsight. Mm-hmm. And I hate that Rodgers couldn't give me that effort. I really do. Yeah. Because I like so many of these Packer players. Rogers acts like his image is like so is already like so elite that he can't tarnish it or something. Like no one looks at Rogers like that to me, like this precious gem of an athlete. I don't think he's ever looked at that way anyway. So there's no point in keeping your squeaky clean stats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of like you know, I mean like your LeBron fourth does. your fourth MVP, bro. Yeah. Your fourth MVP. No, nobody's questioning. Like you've gotten all the credit, all the goats have gotten. Yeah, and you go down the list of all the goat quarterbacks, and you got one fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, that's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, you could you could get to as many Super Bowls as Garoppolo, and he could potentially get more. Hmm. As many Super Bowls as Flacco, that's all you could do. <laughs> Most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Mahomes already got more than you. Yeah. You go down the list. Peyton Manning, multiple. Ben Roethlisberger, multiple. Tom yeah. Brady, all, all these guys that he's supposed to be as good or better than. Mm-hmm. And, and you think the Packers aren't as good as any of the teams those any of those guys had? Of course not. Of course, I mean, of course not. the Packers are better. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rams and Bucks. This was a strange game. Slow start for Brady and the Bucks. Yeah. Then, a very fast start for LA. It was a very fast start for LA. Stafford looks pretty good, man. I agree. I agree. I've seen man. a lot of up and down criticism of him. Um, I think all deserving. I think, yeah, it was. I think when he first got there, people were happy. Oh, he's gonna change everything. He looks really good coming out. Then he 
middle of the season, it started getting a little bit ugly. They started questioning if he's average. But, man, I mean, he, he's finishing the year strong. I think he – I think he outplayed Tom in this game. I mean, it's kind of hard to outplay Tom, though, because Tom doesn't make, like, a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But in the Rams' it, defense is just yeah. crazy. It's not so much – I'm I'm happy for Stafford, man. I it, This was, like, his first big playoff win. Yeah. Uh, and, and if he had played poorly in this game, like, you know there'd be a lot of people talking about how he's not a playoff guy, he's not a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely then, think he silenced those people. And I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on him to come out and play well, and he did. But that Rams defense, man, is insane. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, man. these guys are freaks, man. They they I mean, had Brady. They had Brady really second guessing like the fact that he chose to play another year. Yeah, and honestly, as good as the Rams played, if Bucks had Antonio Brown, they would have. This would have been an easy dub. Honestly, I mean, like, the, fourth quarter, I don't think Brady targeted anybody but Mike Evans the whole fourth quarter. And Jalen Ramsey just lets him blow by. Yeah, he did. Probably, yeah. probably the best corner in the league. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was multiple awkward. times at that point. At that point, I'm sitting there like, OK, this game is not over. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> right. And all he had was Mike Evans. I mean, no disrespect to who, Scotty Miller and. The other guys he has, but if he had Godwin or Antonio Brown, like this, I don't think this would have been a game or at Fournette. all. I think Fournette would have helped him a lot in this one. Yeah. It, he was just missing like one other weapon. I mean, yeah. you know, but gotta make do with what you got. And I mean, to be honest, the blueprint on how to beat Brady has always been there. Yeah. Um, he's he's like he's no, he's not a superhero. He struggles against pressure. He does, yeah. Um, and they did such a great job getting to him. And there were so many times when when Tom like had to make a decision way faster than he wanted. Yeah. Uh, and it showed because a lot of they had so many third downs that were just like really badly executed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so many times where Tom would throw it away or make a rush throw that was nowhere near its target. Yeah, and they just they wreaked havoc. Yeah, they did. They did. And, you know, it, in both ways, uh, the Rams wreaking havoc on him is, like you said, is the blueprint. But then him not having someone elite to be there when he, yeah. you know, alleviate the pressure, he didn't have it. So, yeah, it is what it is. And I think I think uh, similar to Vrabel, I think um Tampa Bay's coach is the same style of, of coach, uh, Bruce Arians. Arians, yeah. Very high risk, high reward. At times, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that hurt them because they they didn't look – they didn't have any, like, simple options against the blitz. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and again, yeah. a lot of that is m- missing as many people as there were. But you still should have somebody capable of catching screens, catching the the, the basic like fundamental throws. Yeah, which the yeah, one but... guy actually was dropping a lot. Uh, Johnson, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah, I don't remember his first name, but he had he had he made some good catches, but dropped a lot of like potentially big plays also. Yep. Yep. Okay. 
<laughs> Lastly, the game of our lives, the Bills and the Chiefs, man. Holy shit. Greatest game of all times? Yeah. I think Mahomes has been in three of the greatest games I've ever seen in football. Like probably my top out of my top seven, I think he's in three of them at this point. Uh, I mean, so. off the top of my head, this one, his battle against Goff that I, I believe he lost. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they and lost then the, the comeback against the Texans, the 28 yes. points. That's those are the three. Yeah. Those are my three. Yeah. The one against I Goff mean, is probably a lower, but man, it was a lot of freaking points in that game. But but this anyway. game, man, where to start with this game? What a show. Uh, I mean, Josh Allen, with his playoff performance, yeah. uh, Josh Allen, like I said last week, I the, can't disrespect him moving forward. No, he's top five in the league right now. Yeah, because for his, whatever limitations he's got, which you know every, everybody but Mahomes seems to have, <laughs> yeah uh his upside is just insane it is insane it is. and and what i loved about this game is the 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 way they battled each other was very different because mahomes i thought was actually very disciplined mm-hmm. i thought he was very patient i thought he took what the defense gave him in a lot of situations yeah he, he wasn't really forcing like really i I don't remember seeing a, any throw he made that was that had potential to be intercepted. Right. Yeah. I agree. So for him to go into a, a shootout like this and to play like essentially a version of Tom Brady, I thought mm-hmm. was just huge. I agree. And it cemented him as the best quarterback in the league and Already, already on his way to being the goat, which is just insane. Yeah. Uh, but Josh Allen, dude, the, the way Josh was, like, they just could not stop him at all. That's like, no matter. That's what, what was insane to me. Yeah, and it it wasn't just it wasn't the Bills. It was really just him. It was like, okay, I'm getting a pass or I'm running this first down, no matter what. And like he he just kept moving the ball and kept moving it yeah, and kept moving. And, and it. what's insane is again the Chiefs had so many guys stepping up helping out. Yeah, because they had a lot of guys out too. Allen had to make something out of nothing. Every run he made was a minimum of three missed tackles. It felt like. Yeah, it did seem like that. Yeah, the amount of times I'm like, oh shit, he's taking a hit or he's throwing it away, and he somehow got out and picked up yards. Some of his scrambles were just. Incredible. Like, dude, he, he he really could put on like Lamar Jackson elusiveness when he needs it. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean he yeah, and I think he's probably a little more dangerous because he, you know, he throws better. Yeah. He's not as fast, obviously, but yeah, you're worried about the pass really because he'll take you out 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and still get a 50 yard pass off. Man, and he's such a dangerous runner. How many times did he like he he drop back? Pressure would get there. He'd run forward like he's gonna take off, mm-hmm. and then last second he throws like a 30, 20 yard bullet. Yeah, 
I mean, that was That's happening gonna... so many times. And I'm like, yo, like, at, those are the only throws where I'm like, I understand why guys are wide open. Because yeah. as a linebacker, I'd be freaking out. Like, holy shit, this guy's about to take off and it's going to be hard enough to catch him. Yeah. And then yep. he draws you off and makes a rocket on the move. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like Josh Allen was, I wouldn't say he was alone. He had one guy tag along. Uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Davis. Davis. MVP, Gabriel Davis. Who came out of fucking nowhere. Bro, no one could stop him. Bro, I watched like six Bills games this year. I, I don't even think I saw him. Whoever was matched up with him should turn in their jersey. Like, it's over. 100%. Because I know I, there was a backup in there for the Chiefs somewhere. I'm not sure yeah. where he was, but something, there was there was a problem with that matchup, for sure. I, I will say this, though. Gabriel Davis and Josh Allen both. When you look back at this game, there has to be an asterisk with Honey Badger not being there. Because... He he elevates the Chiefs' defense so high, especially Gabriel Davis. Like three of those catches was not happening with Honey Badger out there. No way. Yeah, he's he's hitting like an in and out, and dudes are getting dropped. <laughs> yeah, you know that would not. <laughs> There's no like, way, Honey Badger. Like, dude, like, what is happening? And, and that, by yeah. the way, I thought defense as a whole, late in every game, was surprisingly mm-hmm. bad in every game over the weekend. It was, yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about Tampa Bay just saying, all right, we tied it up. Let's just not guard the best receiver in the league for two straight possessions. And dudes just kept falling down. Like, everyone who was guarding Cooper Cup just randomly fell down every play. (laughs) Yeah, like, dude, there's no way his traction is that much better than everybody else's. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was was Gabriel Davis that actually broke somebody's ankles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just drop the dude. Yeah, but then but everyone else was just randomly just tripping and just falling out of nowhere, yeah. just sliding. So it was yeah, the defense was really bad. It was. But it was. It, and but, Chiefs were missing their best their best defender. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but back to your original point where there is an asterisk where I kind of framed it as Josh Allen was almost more impressive than Mahomes. But mm, okay. to me, to me, the flip side to your point was one was going up against the Chiefs defense without its best def- player. Yeah. The other guy was going against the best defense in the NFL. Right. And made them look non-existent. <laughs> yeah. When the, when it counted. Yeah. I Again, I mean, I didn't have any doubts about Mahomes. Coming into the game, I'd seen all I needed to see. Yeah. But if if there is people out there who still doubt him, there you go. Take that one. <laughs> yeah, he you he already brought you the dessert, but now he just went ahead and put the whipped cream and the cherry on top yeah. for you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. He lit the, the, lit the he, birthday candle for you. He's the he's like the steakhouse that uh that's really expensive, but they're like the quality of their product. Like, it's just so elite. Yeah. That's him. Like, yeah. he's just so elite at everything. He sets the standard. I mean, yes. again, that discipline he showed, I I can't imagine anybody beating, beating them when he plays like that. Yeah. Some of his runs in this game were just fantastic. 
Absolutely fantastic. 13 seconds, him and Kelsey were just yeah. – it was just amazing, man. It, the Chiefs, it, they looked like they were playing against a younger team, and the Bills, you know, aren't that much younger. It looked like a like a seasoned team playing against a young team. Even Josh Allen looked young compared to how the Chiefs' offense looked. Yeah, I, I do think in the style of game that this game turned out to be mm-hmm. – Bills will never beat the the Chiefs like this. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. But because you're not going to out magician Houdini, you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> perfectly said, and, and I think I, I do think they have to they have to do something about making their run game dynamic. Who are you talking about? The Bills. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just think they need a little bit more versatility than Josh Allen being a superhero. <laughs> I agree. Because that's really the only time they're versatile. Yeah, yeah. Cool. By the way, Josh Allen, spectacular without – Stephon Diggs was not involved in this game at all. He wasn't. I mean, he was he finding wasn't. Beasley making really good reads, uh, Davis open all the time. He never seemed to miss him. Yep. Uh, this is Allen also silenced a lot of his critics with this one. Whoever was guarding Stefan Diggs needs a raise, and he's whoever was guarding Dave, Gabriel Davis's money. Like, get hand him his check because I mean, he had Diggs unlocked, and Diggs just act like he didn't try to get open at sometimes. Yeah, man, late in the game, that, that was weird to me too, where like he didn't really seem like a big part of the offense. He didn't. I can't remember Which him really catching anything. I know he did, but I can't remember any. But I, I don't even know what the Bills were doing because Josh Allen, there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, what a shitty call. And then Josh Allen just made something happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever saw that with Andy Reid, by the way. What? the Like a bad, bad play call. that Mahomes had to rescue. Oh, yeah. In this game? Yeah. I, I yeah, thought no, Reid, no. Reid was just as – as in full form as all the weapons and Mahomes was. Yep. I thought the coaching staff was just on it. I mean, all their plays were so creative. They were yeah, executing them so well. They were just so smooth, so poised. Very uh it was, one it was more very point, good. They look like they practiced really well for this. Exactly. And one more kind of key to that point. You you get to the last two minutes, and before we even get to the how incredible it was. Yeah, I'm watching, and we're going through all this time. All this stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Both teams still have three timeouts. Yeah. How many times have we watched teams throw away timeouts because they couldn't line up in time or they got confused on what they were looking at? A lot. That, that to me, having three timeouts in a game like this is, is, is the situation that determines if you should keep or move your coach. Yep. So. Yep. It's nice to see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we all know what happened at the end. We don't need to deep dive into that. It was incredible, fantastic ending. Great. How do you feel about the rule, though? I know I've seen a lot of people complaining about the overtime rules. Um, I think I understand why people are complaining about it in this game, but I don't think they would complain about it like if it was um like the Rams and Bucks game, yeah, I don't think they would have complained about it the same way. 
I think they would have said, well, Tampa Bay should have got a stop. But yeah, I think it's more people just frustrated that the game couldn't keep going. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Because when not, we were talking about it, I was like, oh, ahead. yeah, there's no it's no match, no touchdown matching in, in this. Because I, I thought, um, I mean, because now them getting the ball, getting a touchdown is the end of the game, opposed to them getting it back, trying to get a touchdown. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think it puts more pressure on your defense. It does, yeah. And, and you know, Bill's defense was was trying to lose for several minutes going into at leading up to that point. Right. Uh, so it didn't surprise me. And I wasn't really upset because I'm like, yo, you can't stop Tyreek or Kelsey. You don't really deserve to get back on the field. Yeah, you got the best defense in the league, you know, statistically. Why are you, like what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, man. Patrick Mahomes just made them look really pedestrian. <laughs> It was quick too in overtime, wasn't it? Yeah, like, like it five plays, something like that. Yeah. yeah, five or six plays. Yeah. Okay, Bengals and the Chiefs. Is there a question? Uh, Jamar Chase, I think he's the only hope they have of keeping up. Okay. Because. It's hard for me to like be confident that Burrow could just match Mahomes. If Josh Allen, who played the game of his life, can't do it, <laughs> I I I don't know how much I don't know what Burrow could do, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but Jamar Chase, the the game that they did beat them late in the year mm-hmm. was Jamar Chase being unstoppable. And and I think you know Gabriel Davis being an unstoppable kind of guy. I, I, it might be a trend that they struggle with certain matchups. Yeah, could be. So uh, if if the Bengals could capitalize on that consistently, mm-hmm. maybe we could have a, another close shootout. We'll see if um, and we'll see if Honey Badger is back off of uh, concussion protocol too. If Honey Badger's playing, I I can't pick the Bengals. I just can't. <laughs> With all that being said, if Honey Badger's there, it's a wrap. And I'm going to be honest, man, I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals this weekend, too. Just to see? Uh, no, nah, I, I actually, I have a, a couple friends, a couple close friends who went to Xavier. So, like, oh, okay. I, I, I know a lot of, and I know a couple other people from Ohio, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to be rooting for Cincinnati, man. They're, they're, right. uh, they're a fun city. All right, all right. Uh, 49ers and Rams. I think this one is tough to call. Yeah, this is. I mean, you know what? I'm not gonna. Oh my! I'm not gonna doubt the 49ers. I've I've trusted them mm-hmm. both both times. To me, they were the underdog, and I trusted them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I didn't really trust them over Tom Brady, but I think I trusted them over the Bucks as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm sticking with them. Okay. Uh, I think I will too. I think I will too. I just Rams, I trust what the Niners do. Yeah, me too. And they're consistent. I don't think the Rams are very consistent, but they Rams are just like man. If they get hot, like their big plays are just super I big know. plays, and they're getting they're getting more and more creative using Odell. Yeah. Uh, Sean McVay is doing a good job. He is. 
but he struggled. Fan, but he is. Uh, he struggled, I think, statistically against Kyle Shanahan. Hmm. By the way, by the way, very fitting that the NFC Championship game has two teams from the best division in the league. Yeah, and and also the early exit by teams all had a weak division: mm-hmm. Titans, Packers, uh, Cowboys. Yep. All playing shitty divisions, all went home early. Yeah. Eagles, I mean, in the wild card, too. All right. NBA, right to it? Yeah. James Harden, man. He's sabotaging his team again. This is uh, via Bleacher Report. Harden has recently informed several confidants, including former teammates and coaches, of his interest in exploring other opportunities outside of Brooklyn this summer. According to multiple sources, Harden has not enjoyed living in Brooklyn compared to his days as a central Houston uh, magnet. Outside of the change in climate, the chasm between state taxes in New York versus Texas is quite obvious as well. I didn't... Why'd they have to go into all that? Uh, Nets. Oh, there's more. Nets coach Steve Nash's fluid rotations have also disappointed Harden. Nash's favored hot hand closing lineups rather than a fixed crunch time unit. Um, Harden also apparently is not a fan of Kyrie missing games. Um, He's told the Nets ownership that he's not committed to the. Oh, no. He's actually told the Nets ownership that he is committed to the franchise. Uh, and he says he believes they can be unstoppable when healthy. So what is Harden doing, man? What's the play here? Um, where to start with this? Uh, where do you want to start? What's your first? When you saw this, what was your first impression? Uh, my first impression was Harden is afraid to demand a trade but wants to get traded um my my first impression uh is is it really bothers me that harden's like party and strip club reputation (laughs) apparently is enough of a thing that he could potentially hate living at a place because it doesn't meet his, um, I'm going to assume, strip club standards. His vices. Right. So that's well, a got, better way to put it. Atlantic City is not too far. I mean, he got, I don't think Brooklyn is, a, you know. I'm, I'm assuming the weather is what's bothering him more than uh, that. That and the tax. Uh, I, I believe the tax thing, too. But he shouldn't yeah. have a problem with that because he makes so that's, much freaking that's, money. That's that's where I'm like, dude. I'm not feeling your pain on that one because you're making just insane <laughs> dollars. Like it's not even I, a concern. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel the pain, but I do believe some athletes really do. I, I think that does bother certain athletes. It shouldn't bother Harden, but I think it may. Um, other than that, man. The Nash thing is bogus because just play better. You'd be in there in crunch time. Oh, uh, that that is that shows um, that shows what a loser he is. By the way, yeah, because like you don't comprehend the coaching 
think about his, his the the concept of like oh we should have a set lineup really what the fuck who care beyond kevin durant james harden and kyrie irving who gives a shit who the other two guys are at the end of the game right set line if bruce brown is not making his fucking floater get him out of there yeah what set lineup are you what do you expect yeah what do you expect your boys your boy blake and whoever else you fuck with i'm hoping patty mills because he's been on fire yeah the, the two the two other guys you fuck with that's who you want out there like, I feel like it I feel like the comment is directed at Patty because Patty's the only one who gets like really hot in any that's like, what I'm saying any Nits uniform so to say he doesn't like Nash going with the hot hand who else gets hot but Patty Mills like what coach doesn't go with the hot hand right when has that been a winning thing to to bench a guy playing well. It's never, never happened. So for him to say that again, it just shows a level of selfishness, uh, a level of like a level of just disregard for the team, honestly. And he's like, really isn't Dan Tony on the staff there. Yeah. I mean, why does he, why is he telling the front office this? Like, how come anyone knows this except for Nash and D'Antoni? I I don't know that he doesn't like the rotations. That that to me again, it's so bizarre stuff. All this stuff getting like leaked out. What how? No matter how true it is, it it just shows like how not committed he is. Yeah, he's not focused on what should be his main priority, and that's winning a championship. Right. Instead, your main priority is the refs not giving you consistent calls. Yeah. That's why you're going to get bounced out in the second round again, because you're not going to get consistent calls. Nope. That's why Durant's going to be out there by himself in home games. Because the other guy that you don't fuck with, he's going to not be there. Right. And then you you on this bullshit. Right. It's yeah, trash. man. Let's try. You, you don't set any kind of standard or culture, and then – you're complaining when things aren't going well. You know, I, I, and this may be a stretch, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if Harden just said all this to test the waters to see if like Brooklyn would try to trade him or not. And then when they said, Oh, we're definitely not trading hard. Then all of a sudden Harden comes back and says he is committed to the franchise. Cause why well, would you come? Me- back and say that he is what i read the first thing that harden said was two days ago him saying he's committed to the franchises today so i know they've been losing a lot of games where are they in the east right now can you tell me i second i'm gonna say i imagine they're not first but I know damn well, based off how some of the other t- Eastern teams are playing, there's no way they fell down that hard. They're fourth. They're fourth. How yeah. far are they from being first? Two games. <laughs> They're two games out of first place, and James Harden will have you believe we're, we're in crisis. Yeah. Again, moment adversity, you lose – you go for what two, three weeks? They've been losing a decent amount of games, mm-hmm. and 
it's the Titanic is sinking. Yeah, they're four and six in the last ten games. Oh dear God, James, this must you know? I mean, we got to go to a new Roth so that could carry us when the hamstring isn't good enough. Right. It's um, Miami. Chicago's a half a game behind. Cleveland is one and a half games behind. And then Brooklyn and Milwaukee are tied for two games behind. So. Yeah, I just, again, to me, like, yeah, they've slipped. Yeah, they've lost. Lakers, Lakers are losing games all year long. Yeah. And they're still approaching crisis mode. They're they're foolish enough. They're foolish enough to think they're climbing out of crisis mode. I know. If Dame comes back, the Lakers may be slip into eleventh place. No, but I just again, it's bizarre to me that Hard is. If any of this stuff is true, it's a knock on his character. Oh, which I've I've had problems with. You know, stemming back from the last time he handled a trade situation, which was the last year. Not it's, that long ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's bad. Harden is – I can't imagine being a player that sees and reads this stuff. And I know they read. I know they act like they don't or they act like they don't watch basketball and stuff. I know they see all of this. I just can't imagine being a player reading and hearing all this and just saying, oh, yeah, I definitely want to play with Harden. Like who, want, who would want him at this point for saying all that stuff about his team? He's, he's – um. I think he's a lot closer to being Russell Westbrook than than people realize. <laughs> as in like them being the same player? Not so much. As, he's not he's not as personality. Like, he's not as blatantly idiotic on the court as Russ. Yeah. But when he's playing like shit, his negative impact is just as demoralizing. Oh yeah, it is. You saw it early in the year how poorly he was playing. Imagine yeah. if he never climbed out of that slump. Yeah. He'd be just like Russell Westbrook right now. He would, yeah. And, and I, he, honestly, he only isn't is because Brooklyn, the rest of Brooklyn's team is not nearly as good as the Lakers. Exactly. And it, the, to me, he's another, you know, if he has another injury that costs some athleticism, uh, we, we might be questioning his place in the starting lineup within the next two years yeah yeah okay uh speaking of westbrook and the lakers just real quick yeah anthony davis is back uh he had like four fouls and two quarters in first game back he's back on the squad baby (laughs) back in full lakers form yeah um they don't, I mean, I know it's early, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see I don't see it working in a positive direction, really. Do you? I mean, <clears throat> do you think AD is a is gonna spin the whole season around? No, not at all. Uh I will I will say just from the immediate reaction from the one game, mm-hmm. uh, he gives him a lob threat that I think should open up the game for Russ a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it obviously makes the game easier for LeBron. Yeah. And I think a big a big thing that should help them 
is taking the pressure off of their role players. I agree. Because they, they got to that nasty point of the role players are not playing well and the, the focus is like becoming more and more on that. Yep. Which is only going to put more pressure on those guys. Yeah, they get to the point where they're like ISOing Avery Bradley, ISOing Taylor uh, Horton Tucker, you know, trying to find a mismatch for Stanley Johnson, who they signed for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? And running these yeah. like catch and shoot plays yeah. for Austin Reeves is just Austin Reeves yeah. still getting twenty five minutes a game. It's just ridiculous. Vogel, Vogel, they've won. I don't know how many games out of their last twenty five games. Like their record isn't disgusting. It's not good, but they've won games. I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything Vogel's done to to show that he wants to keep his job. Yeah. And they've had statement wins. They did. They've had like they've had little streaks of them winning three, four games as if they're like a good basketball team. They they compete, they play with effort, and then all of a sudden they just forget all that. They're five and five in the last ten. And and what I'm happy about is that now we're back to Russ A D LeBron. Yes. Uh, Oh my God, Malik Monk had went three for twelve. Wow, he sucks. Coach, get him out the lineup. Mm-hmm. You weren't expecting him to have bad games when he got here, right? And then when he has a good game, they don't treat him like he's having a good game. You know, it's like a shocker. Yeah, yeah. Like he exploded again. for twenty six points. Like he's capable of getting forty. I know. And real basketball players know that. They know that. But maybe, yeah. maybe if he got some real touches instead of just being a catch and shoot specialist out there. Yeah. Uh maybe, maybe he'd give you more big games. Just just a thought, Frank. Honestly, there's some games where I think he should be their go-to as far as like points goes, honestly. A lot of games. I actually. completely agree. Him and yeah. him and Melo, no matter how many shots they get, like don't ever take enough. I agree. It, it bothers me because Russell is doing God knows what out there. Westbrook's averaging like two air balls a game. It's, and like, it's, it's like, and I've been really critical of him and everybody has at this point. Yeah. Like it genuinely makes me sad that he's the laughing stock of the league. Yeah, me too. I I didn't think, you know, I questioned a lot of his game. And even when he was at his prime in OKC after Durant left. Uh, and then a lot of the playoff games showed his problems. They really kind of made his problems a lot more glaring. Yeah. But I didn't think we we're going to get to this. I, uh, you, you know, since we met, I was never a Westbrook uh believer i guess but i never imagined it'd be this bad i never imagined he'd be someone that you can't start it's not that it's not like that the team just doesn't want to start him they really can't start him if they want to win games no like i never think thought he'd be that kind of guy i could see him being oh you know our play style just doesn't fit 
how Westbrook goes. So we want to bring him off the bench so he can just be the one guy in there. I could see that happening, but not to the point where it's like, yo, starting Westbrook is his, his minus leads the league in the, um, and I mean, he leads the league in minus on plus minus, uh, you know, he's leading the league in air balls, turnovers. We just can't even keep him out there in the first quarter. I, I never imagined that. There's no way. No way anyone really could, I don't think. I just – it's – looking back to what he was four or five years ago, he has the same mentality now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the guy he was four or five years ago. Yeah. I mean, the concept of maturity and growth as a player, he never developed that. Nope. Which is what a lot of the people who really hated him were saying back then. Yeah. And I thought that was, to me, that was bizarre where I'm like, dude, guy, 10, 15 years in the league, he's not learning any, like, IQ way of playing. He's getting worse at a lot of things. Yeah, he's getting worse because I'm saying he has the confidence like he's still in MVP OKC mode. He does. Like, Russ, that ship has sailed. I don't don't know how he doesn't see that. I don't understand how he misses so many free throws now. Like, I know that's that's something that seems pretty minor, uh, minor to non-basketball players, but Westbrook was a really good free-throw shooter before. I know. And when he was, like, top 10 in, like, free-throw attempts, he was a good free-throw shooter. Yeah, I remember when Durant... balls and bricks. Yeah, I remember him and Durant, every time they showed them side-by-side, side, Durant was in the 90s, he'd be in the low to mid-80s. Yeah. Yeah, 87, 88, 86, yeah, something it, around there. It's crazy because I remember his the first year his percentage really dipped was yeah. they took away the rule you couldn't walk to half court anymore. On the free throw? Yeah, before yeah. Russ would – because, you know, he's playing 100 miles an hour, so he's using the free throws to kind of relax, settle down. Yeah. And, and honestly, he needs all the settle down moments he could get. Yeah. So the fact that he's getting less of those, it's it shows in his play. But now he doesn't even play 100 miles an hour anymore. Only like, when I can't remember the last time I looked out there and thought he was the fastest player on the court anymore. It's been a while. I mean, obviously, there's certain teams that he's probably the fastest player in the gym. But it's been a while since I looked at him and was like, man, Westbrook's really blowing past everybody. Yeah, And he sets such a bad standard because, first of all, how can you be clueless enough? It's not like it's not like your haters that are telling you you're playing like shit. Mm -hmm. Like. Literally all of basketball society (laughs) is telling you you're playing like shit. Yeah, I don't I'm not sure. You know, we've disagreed on stuff. I disagree. When I talk NBA with people, I disagree all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I could think of a more unanimous subject and unanimously agreed upon subject than how disgusting Westbrook has played this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. and It's tough to watch. I get it. I get it. Um, okay, moving on. I want to give a quick shout out to Jalen Suggs, man. Mm. He's looked great these last few games, at least. I'm not sure how he's been playing the whole season because, you know, the magic is just hard to catch. 
hard to catch a game. It's hard. There's to no play. reason to catch either. <laughs> I know they barely even put their highlights up in like Sports Center and stuff. They don't even bother. But the few I've seen, Jalen Suggs looks really good. He's impressing me as far as um, his athleticism. You know, I, I knew he was athletic for a you know a college kid, but um, he's showing some NBA athleticism. Man, he's a fierce competitor. He looks good. That's I feel it. bad because I, I think he's he's kind of making Cole Anthony look bad. You think so? Because he's coming in a similar size. You're not going to be able to play if you're a serious team. You can't play them in this like as a backcourt. Oh, I got you. Yeah. And to me, Suggs has shown more poise. Sh- seemingly, he seems like he's played the game longer just for how he understands situations. Yeah. I'm not saying he's like taking. Cole's job, uh, but I just think they're not a good fit. He's a more favorite. If I'm looking at both of those guys and have to pick one, to me, mm-hmm. Suggs is a lot more of a favorable pick in most situations. Cole Anthony kind of reminds me of Monte Ellis, and Monte Ellis that was his hardest problem was adjusting to another good guard on the team. I mean, his entire career. And Monte wasn't really a point guard. Yeah. I mean, he but played Monte, point guard sometimes. But. Monte was a very good – he was at his best when he was the primary guard, even though he wasn't a point guard. Right. Yeah, he was. But that's because he he needed the ball in his hands. He wasn't a good off-the-ball player. No, you're right. And um, I, I could see that happening with Cole Anthony eventually. We, we just haven't seen Cole Anthony really have to deal with having another good ball handler on the court until now. So, yeah. And I mean, this is we come back to the same problem with them every time we talk about Orlando, because I think Wagner has been playing really well, too. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Um, But again, again, you're collecting talent that you're probably going to move to somebody that actually needs it. Yeah, it's strange. Still no direction. I I don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? It's like they're honestly a G League team. Just. Yeah, they just have NBA talent. They're a G League team with NBA talent. They have no culture. None. I thought they were going to get a culture with Vogel there. Uh, yeah, Vogel was there, right? A couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, for a second. Yeah, I thought they were going to, you know, start building a culture, maybe get some, you know, maybe some Asian guys on their way out that might have a resurgence, some of those daddiest young kind of guys. And yeah. then they. They made no moves at all. They just kept trying to live through the drafts. Yeah. Fine. And they're they're just one of these teams. They're just sitting there. I don't know what they're waiting for. I I don't know what they're trying to build for, but I I don't see anything that makes me want to watch them. No, man. They're nine and forty, bro. There's no reason. Jesus, they don't even have 10 wins. They're 18% this year. Sheesh. Uh, they were 22 and a half games behind. So I feel bad for whatever top pick got to go there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where else in the league you want to go? As far as uh, the teams so far. I mean, I got to mention a lot of teams have fallen off. A lot of teams have been up and down. Phoenix has just been a fucking rock. Yeah, they've been rolling. Roll and, and I mean, 
I haven't seen them have any COVID issues. Uh, every time I check their box scores, I, the majority of the guys are playing. Yeah. And they miss a guy here, a guy there. They're, the production they're getting from their bigs is a direct reflection on how elite CP still is. Yeah. How much better their wings have got, how comfortable Booker is. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, man. I, I've been hesitant to to pick them as the favorite to come out the West. Yeah. But the more I'm seeing flaws from Golden State, from Utah, from Memphis a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix, the road is just wide open right now. Yeah, I can't argue with that, man. Moses is just splitting the seas. Go ahead. Walk right on through. I will say one thing, though. These teams have to be really careful. The Clippers are at the eighth seed right now. And let's say they stay at the eighth seed and all of a sudden everybody's back. Oh, that's that's code red right there. (laughs) (laughs) Paul George comes back. Kawhi comes back. (laughs) We're going into the playoffs as the eighth seed. (laughs) Uh, I'd tank tank to get out of first seed. I swear to God. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, and they're, they're maintaining the eighth seed with no one there with Amir coffee, leading them in scoring over the past six games. So it's like, uh, yeah, Luke Kennard, uh, Luke Kennard the other day gave his best uh, T-Mac impression. (laughs) You want to, you want to talk about it or no? I mean, what is there to talk about the Wizards? Now, to your point real quick, I can talk about the Wizards for a sec, but to your point, to your point, first of all, the situation you're hoping for is a very long shot, very unlikely. It's it's not unlikely that Kawhi and Paul George. I I think it is with how Kawhi comes back and how even if he's back, like if he's back only a month prior, he's on a minutes restriction. Right. So to me, if they're at full strength, but they're like just getting back. Yeah. I, I, I'm not as concerned if I'm Phoenix. So if they come back 15 games before the end of the season, what do you, what do you, I'm say? not concerned. 20, 20 to like 30. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm a little, ugh. I gotcha. But, but like 15, 10, 15, I, I think Phoenix will be fine. I got you. I got you. No, and, I, and Devin Booker. Something about Devin Booker. He. Paul some about his attributes go up when he plays Paul George. <laughs> they do. It's messed up. Uh, no, but you're you're right. Phoenix looks fantastic, man. I mean, they're they're really rolling. I don't see a lot of flaws in them. They play really hard, but they also have CP, and he's, you know, he's like base god cursed at this point, as far as. Um, that is true. I think I think CP's curse, which is very real, I think yeah. it'll cost them. Yeah. It'll probably cost them the year. Like, it won't just cost them a game or two. I think it'll cost them the year. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I don't think anybody but uh, Memphis and Golden State are really capable of exposing them right now. I agree. Uh, so again, it's like you said, I mean, CP's curse is what they're 
worried about. I don't even think Golden State has a chance unless they make a move. Uh, really if, if Draymond's healthy, I'll give him a chance. I think they need they need Wiseman too. They need a big man because the big yeah. man is the issue. Yeah, Looney Looney's gonna have a tough time. Biombo's working Looney easy, and and that's Biombo. I mean, that's without Aiton. Uh, you know, we already but know what Javale does. That him. to me is why I'm I'm starting to trust Phoenix more and more though because. They're the only team when their guards play elite, their bigs eat off of it. Yeah, they do. This this big reason I love Trey Young is when he's at his best, bigs are eating. And you're talking about two of the best pick and roll players in the league, which is C. I mean, between CP and Trey Young, and then I think CP has taught um, Booker so much on pick and rolls. I mean, he looks fantastic coming off screens, ball screens, and they're not. And I really like that they're not forcing him to be versatile. That was the key two years ago to me. Having him playing the one was just such a disaster. Yeah. Before CP got there, oh, it was gross. I think a lot of that is having a reliable backup campaign yeah, being is. a little more dependable. I think uh, it's gone a long way. Again, everything they've done the last two years has just like has been the right decision. Honestly. Yep. Yep. They're Giannis heroics away from being a, a defending a title right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which could happen again. Uh, as far as the East goes. Uh, oh, but the Wizards. Blowing a historic 35-point lead. You, re- you really want to talk about it? Or? I don't want to talk about the game to. because <laughs> that was just – Disaster. The disaster, yeah. You guys were four and six in your last ten. It's not too bad. I told you this. I told you this, and and you had you were stunned by the the stat of it. Um, the only fucking team in the league that's gotten the full roster back and has gotten significantly worse. Yeah. I can't I, was- I can't even picture that happening with any other roster in the NBA. I was even more stunned by the Tatum stat you gave me. <laughs> uh, Tatum, Tatum is its its own thing, but the problem with this team is uh, no identity whatsoever. No, not at all. No identity. You got all these vets, and they look, they're clueless. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody's bringing them together. Nobody's leading them. No, nobody's leading them. I mean, Bradley Beal has regressed with the point guard qualities. Yeah, big time. Uh, He's not playing as consistently on defense. The the team is constantly depending on guys who you shouldn't depend on to be good. Like Kispert and Bertans and... Uh, yeah, these Those guys nice. who either are inexperienced or have glaring flaws. Mm-hmm. Again, you're getting Hachimura's back. I don't know what the fuck you're doing with him. Me you got all these shot blocking bigs. You you don't defend anything. Nope. How does Gafford get five blocks a night and we still can't stop a soul? Yeah. It's just insanity. Yeah, and and you talking about Tatum going crazy after being like 
ice cold, like White Walker from Game of Thrones level cold. <laughs> like I just pure ice cold. He torches us. And then you proceed to, to not respect the Clippers team who all they've done is earn respect throughout the year. Yeah. All they've done is outplay every time they've been underestimated. Outplay expectations. Yep. All year long. Who, If they were two seeds better, we could have a, a genuine conversation about Ty, Ty Lue being the best coach in the league. Or yeah. coach of the year, at least. I agree. You just – you don't respect – what it takes to be a winning organization. Yeah. This team sat on a top tier backcourt for half a decade. And can you tell me what they did to, to further themselves as contenders? Nothing, no. <laughs> nothing. This team is Orlando with more talent. Pretty much. Yeah. No point. direction, no identity. Coaches come in and out. All their coaches look like trash. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't looked at a Wizards coach and thought he was good in decades, right? Since like early Gilbert Arenas days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, this team is just sitting there. They're just sitting there in mediocrity, and they're obviously really comfortable because they don't do shit. Every summer, they're sitting there and they don't really do shit. My thing, like you said, they got a lot of guys that I just have no clue what direction they're going in. I don't know what they're doing with Rui. I don't know what they're doing with Corey Kispert. Uh, Denny Avdi, I have no idea. I still don't know what position he plays at all. Um, you know, starting Kuzma at the four and, and using him at the five at times is just disgusting. Montrezl gets such weird, inconsistent minutes. Bertans will play 40 minutes one night and not play at all the next night. Yeah. And, and how do you bench? How does how is Montrezl getting benched for not being able to stop people while Bertans is literally allergic to the fucking concept? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand the logic there. Montrezl's eating on the glass every time he's out there. That's one thing. 100% you can count on. I know. With, with fucking Bertans, maybe he'll light it up. <laughs> but he might go over 8 all just the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel bad, man. I, I, I thought their coach was doing a good job early in the year. Uh, but the leadership is the problem here and the lack of it. I agree. And it's not – I don't think it's unsettled this time. I do think it's the players. I think it I think it seems like I've only seen them play a few times, but it almost looks like they have like you ever play with someone whose dad was real vocal in the stands and like the coach was telling him to do one thing, but his dad was telling him to do yeah. like to go off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they look like as a team though. Like looks like uh Unsell Jr. is telling him to do one thing, but like as a team, they're like, nah, nah, we got this other thing. Let's do this. And, like, guys are on different pages. Yeah. It, it's not good, man. And and I, there's good. a weird, like, the team refl- the team's inconsistencies reflect on Beal's lack of commitment to the organization. Mm. You think Beal's still 
uh, still isn't committed to the organization? No. I think mm-hmm. he's gone. Next chance he gets, he's gone. I mean, which, this, which is this summer, yes. <laughs> or trade deadline. I, team... See, that's that's what I'm saying. This is an opportunity to me. Y- maybe you go to the playoffs for what? Right. What are you going to the playoffs smoked. for? To get bounced out in the fucking play-in or the first round? Right now you guys are 10th, so you would be in the play-in. But, um... Miami could miss – Miami could, without Jimmy Butler, without Bam – and without Tyler Harrow, could probably four to us right now. Yeah, the Knicks with fucking Knicks are only Struss, a half game behind. So with the Struss and uh, the the big man Yurtsevin going yeah, off. Yurtsevin, Struess, and Vincent, those three. Who've been eating, by the way? They have, yeah. No, but it, again, I just I've watched this team so long and. So many opportunities have came and went. I just, I'm tired. I'm tired of rooting for mediocrity. Why? Yeah, I, I do think it's time to let go of Beal. I mean, I, I think if if Brooklyn would be open to Beal Harden, I, that's a move I would make immediately. You made the on point. On either side. You made the point about Harden. If he's leaving in the offseason, why are you letting him walk away for free? It's just, I think that is the craziest thing the Nets will do. And they're going to do it, apparently. But Wiz is going to be right there. Huh? Wiz is going to be doing the same thing, waving at Beal as he walks wherever (laughs) he decides to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I would make that trade if I was Brooklyn. I think that makes Brooklyn immediately favorites, in my opinion. Harden is basically the only thing holding them back. And Kyrie, of oh, course. Yeah. But by the way, uh, it's been hilarious seeing, and this is a little back to our Harden topic, or back to the Russ topic. Uh-huh. It's been hilarious seeing the uh, the wall for Russ as being like the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that turns out to be what the Lakers do, I'll, I'll, I might never disrespect one of your predictions again. <laughs> hey. Because you were the first one, and, and like even you said it. I, a lot of people joked about it because it was the just the finances added up. Yeah. Uh, but you were the first one I remember being genuine about it. Yeah, I mean, the problem is though, at this point, it would be it would be stupid to make because yeah. it's it made sense when you suggested it. Just it seemed <laughs> yeah. bizarre, but it made a lot of sense. Yeah, but now now, now that you've seen bizarre. the problem, it would be no different. And Wall, I think, I think Wall would help the Lakers, but he wouldn't fix them. Not by a long shot. Yeah, Wall doesn't turn the ball over much. He's a much smarter player. But the things that Westbrook doesn't do well, Wall doesn't do well either. So it's not like you get an upgrade. And he just doesn't turn the ball over. He still doesn't shoot that well. He still he still has to have the ball. So you still lose what. You know, the LeBron and Westbrook issue, it would still be the same with Wall, I think. Yeah. And and I think, like, Houston would be a dis- like a really awful organization to do something as idiotic as, as put such a toxic player about uh, around a group of developing players. Uh, I don't know about that. I think you I would like Russ- Westbrook there more than I like Wall in L.A. 
Really? Yeah, I, I think I would. He, I promise you. I promise you Westbrook would be out of the fucking rotation. <laughs> Why? Why do you have him out there? Why would you have him out there? I think for the young players, it would give them more structure to just do what you need to do, and Westbrook is going to do everything else. If if it was coached right. I'm not saying it would be because I don't – from what I've seen from Steven Silas – I, like I, I'm cool if he never gets another coaching job. Yeah, I was but, gonna say like you're you're at, you're acting like it's a like a maybe situation. It's it's not gonna happen. The coaching won't be effective. <laughs> but I'm, what I'm saying is, if it was done right, I think I would like that way more than I would like Wall on LA. I think he could. I think I think you could have Jalen Green actually in a set plays getting open. Westbrook would drive, kick out like he does for everyone else. I think he would set more guys up, young guys who can't really make their own shots that well or who don't need to be making their own shots like 95% of the time like they do now. I think it would just give the team more structure, that's all. But listen, (laughs) we're talking hypothetically because I obviously don't think that would happen with Silas. And I don't think that the trade is a good trade anymore, period. But if it were to happen, I wouldn't be mad at it for Houston. I think it would, it would be interesting to see. I, I like that the Lakers are stuck, man. I, I think, as I told you, they're not gonna. There's no way they trade him. He, no, he not down trade. every roster downgrades if he arrives. Yeah. So to me, no organization is that blatantly stupid to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that the Lakers are stuck with one of two extremes. Either tough it out and let Russ, Russ throw away what playoff series you might sneak into. Mm-hmm. Or, or the closer we get to the playoffs, the, less, the more awful this move would look. Mm-hmm. Get rid of him. I'm with you. Obviously... I think it's pretty obvious Westbrook is not going to be a Laker next year, right? There's no way. So whether it happens now or in the offseason, I I think it's going to be curious. I mean, I'm curious to see how it goes. I think Anthony Davis is more on the table than he was. Not completely, but I think they're definitely exploring it with the weight gain, the injuries. He comes back. He can't stay in front of anybody. Um. You know, he's not even getting off the ground as easy as he used to. No. So, Not as physical think, as he used to be, too. Which is strange that he's bigger and less physical. Yeah. Um, uh, real let quick. me ask you this. Let oh, me ask ahead. you this. Do you, would it be crazy if I said Russ is going to be unemployed next year? Russ is going to be unemployed next year, it is crazy to say that. It's not going to happen. We'll come back to this later in the year, depending on if the Lakers do some extreme or not. It's not going to happen. There's, there's a lot of teams. Toronto. Uh, For what? Probably the Knicks. For I told what? you. I said three years ago, Westbrook would be a Knick. It's coming. But Tell we're, we're beyond. You. We're beyond. What are we bringing Russ in for? Energy? Toronto doesn't need you. that. I'm telling you, the Knicks are going to pick up. <laughs> I think you're underestimating how awful Westbrook has been. I'm watching the games. This, this is, is not. This isn't a like. 
maybe he'll we'll make it work here. Like no shot. And I'm, I'm telling you, some teams do think like that. Somebody's gonna think like that. And if they get Westbrook to come off the bench, or you know, at least make it seem like he'll come off the bench, I think the Clippers would take him right now. Um, I think that's the only thing he could do to save his legacy. Is go to the Clippers? Is to be a bench player. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think, like, you look at Melo, the, the opinion on his career changed when he proved that he's a willing team player. <laughs> Melo's eight years older than Westbrook. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. With, and it, <laughs> with Melo, Melo was proven yeah. who, in, as far as who he was by the end. Yeah. So, like, if his career was done before Portland and it never continued, we he's a Hall of Famer, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Russ, it's I no coach would take him right now. And no and good if, coach. If you put everyone, every player in the league on a lie detector and asked, would you want to play with Russ West, Russell Westbrook? <laughs> I I promise you, I don't think 10 people would say yes. I agree with that. So to me, I mean, I don't want to make a bet on it or be really confident right now, but I'm very confident. Think about playing with people though. No, but it's it's beyond when nobody wants to play with the guy, no organization is bringing him in. I it's hard for me to even go backwards and imagine that Westbrook played for five teams. MVP gets moved, moved, moved three years in a row. Yeah. Gonna be four. Yep. Sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Let me make one uh, prediction on here that I made to you in private, but I didn't bring on to the podcast, and that is Ben Simmons going to the San Antonio Spurs for a package that includes DeJounte Murray and some other guys. But I think DeJounte Murray is going to be on the field. That's what I think the trade is. I've seen some rumblings from San Antonio. They quickly denied it. But I saw some rumblings saying that DeJounte Murray was uh, – they were actively shopping him, even though he's, like, averaging a triple-double for them this year and actually probably should be an all-star, even though their record is trash. No, they're, they shouldn't have an all-star. I agree. I've seen two of their losses. They don't but deserve I, an all-star. A lot of the media thinks – DeJounte Murray is an all-star, man. Well, uh, if, if you want to argue statistically that he's belongs, uh, I'm not going to really stress over that. That's cool. No, not, I'm I'm saying their record is trash. They should not have an all-star. They're but trash. if they were to have an all-star, it would be – obviously it would be him. I mean, they're, they're worse than the Pelicans right now. That's what I'm saying. They're trash. They, they are. Th- yeah. Their defense is as bad as anybody in the league. And yeah, they got defenders is. all over the fucking court. But they have Jakob Ponal down low. So I'm going straight I mean, to I the mean, rack. Suns, Suns are, they had a good big man situation and they were looking to upgrade. 
I don't know what is taking them so long to keep playing with him, man. What is like, why is San Antonio, San Antonio could and should be so much better than a bottom tier playing team? They don't have a chance to play. No, no, not this year because right. they've already tried. But like, normally they're expected to be by the end of the year, they're battling to get in the play. Yeah. Similar to what they did last year. Yeah. But they're approaching the same problem we talk about with the other purgatory organizations. You're not mm-hmm. moving towards anything. They're not. Your players are progressing, but but the problem is now I'm nervous about Murray going to another team because he's going to completely have to do different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and all their guys, like they're, they're kind of learning like an offensive play style. If they're going to real teams, they're going to be expected to be versatile. They're going to be expected to play different ways. And I just don't see that from their players right now. Mm, I can see, I can see why you say that, but I don't think anyone would take them to do anything that they don't already do. Like, I think Kelvin Johnson is more versatile than he should be. But I think, you know, Derek White and Murray, I think he, they can do what they do everywhere as far as playmaking and scoring. But I, I think just, I guess Philly point, is who I'm looking at. To your point, some of these other guys, Drew Eubanks, he's done. If he leaves the Spurs, he's going to be a free agent. I think Lonnie Walker, the fourth at this point, I've seen enough. If he leaves the Spurs, free agent. Uh, Joe Weisskamp, Devontae Kaycock. We already saw Zach Collins struggle to find a job. Vassal, Jacopodal, all these guys. They only have the three assets. Johnson, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I have no interest from here on out until their starting center changes. <laughs> I have no interest talking about them at all. I've never seen the team struggle this long with the with the same center, and obviously need a new center. They're sitting like, there, so obvious. They're sitting there. These fucking purgatory teams that sit there with like six fire packages that they could put together and don't yeah. do any of that shit. It irks me. Yeah, because San Antonio, any package they send Philly. Most more than likely completes Philly. Yeah. Especially if Murray's in whatever that package is, that's really all they need. Exactly. Yeah. So if they got I Murray can, and Derek White, it's, I mean, it's a wrap in the East. Every team that has a glaring flaw, this, a San Antonio package could fix it. Yeah. Of guards. Yeah. Of guards. I mean, other than, you know, like Golden State, you don't really need it. Golden State's a little more specifically big oriented at the moment. Murray probably would still help them. <laughs> I know. We, and they have no backup point guard at all. At least like Chris Johnson Kielsen. is versatile. Like Keldon Johnson can be a yeah. four. Yeah. A, a, like a reliable physical four. But yeah. Again, I, I just another team that's just sitting there with the same roster, mostly the same roster they've had for multiple years. And I, whatever they're waiting for, it's not happening. Yep. Like, I don't know if they expected some of these guys to, like, I could have told you two years ago, Murray's not going to be the best point guard in the league. 
not with no uh, not with no one else on the team. <laughs> I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong; he's really good. But yeah, I could have told you he's not emerging as like a fucking definitive all star anytime soon. Oh yeah, and all all your other guys are limited. Lonnie I think Walker, he... I thought would be better, but everybody else, I'm not surprised. I, I think if Murray was on Philly, he'd be an all star. Like, not a perennial all star, but you know, probably someone who's an all star two or three years, and then he's. No, that's it. Yeah. Someone else comes along. But I definitely think he just needs some wins, man. They have no wins. And he has, I mean, as soon as Derek White comes out the game, I don't know who gives him any assists. Somehow he's still averaging like nine. McDermott gets a maybe. Couple, couple, couple bunnies in there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's interesting, though, you mentioned Philly because they're probably – they're probably the most exciting team I could think of come trade deadline. I know. Cause you're just wondering whatever they do is going to help. Cause they're not going to lose anything. Yeah. They're a top three seed without their starting point guard. I know. Well, and, top and, five seed at this point, I think. I mean, and bead has been just a monster. Yeah. The last like month and a half, two months, he's just been just shredding the league. Yeah, I, uh, I think, I mean, obviously we're not media voters. I would have voted Embiid for MVP last season. And I get the injury and, you know, Jokic was was on fire last year too. But Embiid last year to me was just so, just so dominant. Like he was at the point where he could have been out there one on five and, I, and I'd still put my money on Embiid beating everybody yeah. else. And Jokic has been pretty good this year, too, to his credit, but... Yes. Uh, Embiid, man, <laughs> nobody makes me, like... Watching Embiid dominate some of the other front courts, I'd be like, yo, like, if Houston wants to win 25 games, they're going to have to upgrade their front court. Yeah. Uh, and, like, watching him against a lot of the... Even, like, the Knicks, who have a good defensive front court, but the yeah. mobility is not good enough. Right. I'm like, man, like, you got to get out there and upgrade the roster only because Embiid just makes it look so easy. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much prepared to say Embiid is the best center I've ever seen. I, I'm, He's the best center I'm, in the league. To me, it was Jokic last year, but I, I'd give him the title right now. Yeah. They're always, they're head-to-head. I wish they were in the same conference so we could see them play each other a little bit more. Yeah, because I don't think we'll ever see them in the finals. But Ain't no way. Yeah. And the thing is, is, and they play so different, it's hard to even really compare them. Because it's hard really to call Jokic a center. Jokic is just a seven-foot good basketball center, player. Yeah. You know? It's like saying Harden is the best shooting guard in the league. But is he a shooting guard? We don't even really know now. Oof. But Embiid, as far as a strict center, like, his footwork, I mean, he when he blocks shots sometimes, I mean, I, I can't really say anything that I want Embiid to do that he doesn't already do. I know. Every, every aspect of his game is capable of being dominant. Yes, it is. Everyone. He could, it, he could ISO you to 50. He could play off the team and get 40. 
he could get you 15 to 30 rebounds, eight Makes to 15 free blocks. Throws. He's a free throw. He's unstoppable getting to the line. If you leave him at the top of the key, is money. Yeah. I mean, and he's not and he's not settling for them all the time like he used to. Right. Like he's working to to let people know that they can't guard him. Right. And if and, he has that mentality in the playoffs, yeah. I'm excited to, to what they can be. Now, on the flip side of that, this trade that they make, if it's someone that's really good, will they be able to play with Embiid? I do think that that's something to consider. And I, I think that a lot of people thinking, oh, you trade Simmons, it doesn't matter what you get if they're good. They're, you know, Philly's going to be good. But I think that bringing someone, I'm trying to think of like bringing someone like Kyrie or Harden to Philly, I'm not confident they'll be ready to play with Embiid, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I think, I think like Bradley Beal is a guy I'm hesitant to just be excited to to see there. You know, exactly. I agree. Uh, yeah, it, it's Even all about on on Washington would be fire. Yeah, that's true. But um, <laughs> it's 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 about like because I at this point I don't want Embiid to to take a step back. Right. Whoever comes in is going to be option two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't need it. Like Embiid is dominant enough and, and talented enough to. I don't need a duo partner. Mm-hmm. I need a second star. Yeah, they're uh, looking for a Tim Drake at this point, right? And I think like Murray is a guy. Like I'm nervous that I haven't seen him have to sacrifice a lot. Mm-hmm. But just just off how he plays, the kinds of things he does, it is an easy fit. It is, and him and Maxi would be so fire together 100%. on the quarter 100 percent. but all these guys who are more like kind of set in who they are like buddy heels another guy i i'm not like just excited randomly you know right i would want to see what it looks like in, in the especially having him and seth i don't like i don't even like right. how that sounds right so that's the thing they need to have somebody come in who's willing to sacrifice a lot and some of the bigger names, I, I don't know, you know, it, it's just a tough thing to do. Do you think that Fox could play almost like a Conley role where it's like some nights he has 25 and the next night he only takes five shots? You know, he gets eight assists. He's just out there as the facilitator. Do you think Fox is capable of that? I think I think he's capable. Uh, do I trust him to be able to do that? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, but he, he is capable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. I think we have one more podcast before the trade deadline. Probably the one, uh, is, is it the 10th trade deadline this year? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see. I think it's, I want to say 10th. Okay. The 10th. So Super yeah, Bowl we'll is after have that. one more. Yeah. So we'll have one more. Because we definitely got to talk about it. I've been hearing I've, some of the media guys have been saying Jeremy Grant is going to be a warrior somehow. I have no idea how it's going to happen. But apparently the Warriors really want Jeremy Grant, which. Hey, 
he I've had enough speculation. I'm just ready to see where he goes because yeah, anywhere would be great. Yeah, he's the to me, he's probably the biggest gold mine of of the potential trades just because you don't have to give that much and you're gonna get a lot. So yeah. These are the guys that are on the block, apparently. Uh, obviously, Ben, like I said, Jeremy, Christian Wood, uh, Miles Turner, of course, Savonis, of course, Harrison Barnes, John Collins. Hawks have been actively shopping, apparently. Obviously, Tobias. Obviously, Bradley Beal. And obviously Russ. Who else we have? And then Fox. DC is not shopping the trash can playing at point guard. I know it's kind of crazy. Fox and Bagley and Levert. I'm not sure why the Pacers are like so interested in trading the whole roster away. All the talent. Like you would think that they don't have that many young guys to me that like could start over with. I think Chris Duarte is a fantastic young player. I think he may be a future all-star. But as far as, like, building the team around him and whoever else they have, O'Shea, Brissett, or whoever, who else those guys are. Yeah, no. it's not going to be it. Yeah, well, I'm strange trading away Turner, Sabonis, and Levert. Norman Powell, McCollum, apparently the whole Blazers roster is on. Oh, it, the whole Blazers roster literally is on here. <laughs> this list says, it already said Dame. Then it says CJ, next. Norman Powell, next. Robert Covington, next. Yusuf Nurkic, <laughs> next. Larry Dance Jr. So, what do you think? That's... Jeremy um... is the number one. Yeah. For you? Yeah. And, and I'm always, to be fair, I'm always surprised with how, um, like, trade deadline moves always tend to surprise me, even some of the stuff I'd be, like, I'm on the lookout for. Yeah. But let's close it out with this. Give me your three teams that are, like, that are that have to be active at the deadline. They, they have to. If they want to win a championship or they want to, like – compete yes if they want to compete okay three teams that have to be active if they want to compete the boston celtics <sighs> we already talked about the wizards so i'm not going to say them again obviously the portland trailblazers and the dallas mavericks who are yours um, Dallas Mavericks have to be one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think the reason I wouldn't say the Wizards is because to me it's too far gone. <laughs> uh, I think Boston Boston looks like they're not too far gone, but they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's tough to watch, but mm-hmm. uh, I think the Clippers have to be active. Really? Yeah. What kind of uh, active? I I just think I need I need more ex- league experience. Mm. Okay. 
Uh, and a lot of their young guys to me now, like Terrence Mann is a guy I would move for, for a guy who I could put in the rotation a little bit easier. Like, like Eric Gordon or something like that. Sure. Eric, Larry Nance Jr. For example. You trade Terrence Mann for Larry Nance Jr.? Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I probably wouldn't do it if I'm Portland. Portland's trash to do some shit like that, but. Yeah. Uh, no, it, no. I guess it just sounds funny. It's not that bad. <laughs> so I think the Clippers are second team. Okay. And the third team that. Man, the season's hitting them hard. Chicago. Mm, yeah. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. They're not going to survive the next month and a half with the, the, the guys they got left at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I guess, I guess I didn't say Chicago also because I don't think they should trade anyone. I just think they should be looking in the buyout area. That's fair. Because I think if they trade someone, they lose something. Because I, I think they're a nice, well-oiled machine at this point. And some of those guards, I mean, I just, I mean, it's just, they're too good to trade, I think. I think, like, Desunmo has even made himself, like, a non, a no-trade clause-level guy at this point. Just for how well he's played for them. Lonzo, I, I'd move Kobe White if I could get somebody who I like more so need. Only when I trade him for, I trade him for out of the guys I named that are, seem to be available. I'd only trade him for um, John Collins or Grant. That's it. Nobody else. He's that's worth those. Losing. He's worth John Collins to you. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he's worth him. I'm saying. The only way I would trade him is if I'm going to pursue getting one of those guys. Oh, I got you. If he's in a package to get one of those guys. I wouldn't trade him for like a – I wouldn't trade him for a Larry Nance Jr. I'm trying to picture like a a two players that that would be like a good package for them to send. But if they could get Miles Turner or Sabonis, I'd, I'd work hard to make that happen. And I'm willing for those for Sabonis. I'm willing to lose anyone but Levine and DeRozan. Mm. Everything else, everything else can be replaced to me. Would you you wouldn't do that for Grant though? Only Sabonis. Keep in uh, mind the last time. Keep in mind how nice uh, Grant was with. Billy Donovan last time. That was his like low key his come up. Hey, I Probably didn't his... forget. I didn't forget how good he was in Denver. Don't get me wrong. He was great in Denver, but that development at OKC was huge for his career. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't do that for. Him. I think I think Sabonis could give them a front court dynamic that could eat, make the game easier for Levine and DeRozan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Grant could give them like the, that type of versatility. I think Grant gives them more defensive versatility, though. 
That's fair. And I, and I think Grant improves what they already are. Right. Sabonis so uh, would change them a little bit. Yeah. And, and the big thing for me, though, like if they get healthy for the playoffs, I, I just I still don't know if the front court's going to be a weakness or not. Right. I'm and can their, their their guard rotation is so elite. If if there's one rotation I trust to overcome a lack of depth, that front court, it's theirs. Yeah, I got you. So we'll see. And, and I'm with you. Plus, Sabonis lets Vucevic shoot more like he wants to. Yeah. Sabonis, you got a really good offensive rebounder in there. Because right now, it's it's a disaster when Vucevic takes like 10 jumpers in a game. But, okay. Sounds good. Last thing. Uh, the NBA has announced its new... Rising Stars Challenge rules that I am pulling up here. Okay. The new Rising Stars format. Four seven-player teams will compete in a mini-tournament consisting of three games. Each game will be played to a final target score. Pool of 28 players, 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and four top young players from the G League Ignite team. Uh, NBA players will be selected by NBA assistant coaches. Ignite players will be selected by the G League coaches. Um, the teams will be coached by members of the 75th anniversary team and assistant coaches from the NBA All-Star Game coaching staffs. Coaches will eat will select their team rosters in the Rising Stars draft. Each team will have one Ignite player. Bracket A versus A team versus B team. C team versus D team in the semifinal games, and then the two winning games. Two winning teams will meet in the final game. So they're basically doing uh, a mini seven-player tournament instead of just one game. Um, that's weird. It's it's very complicated. I, I'm worried that they're trying to do too much with it. <laughs> I think they could have just did the Ignite guys and just kept it how it was and then maybe next year try this because it's a lot bringing high school guys in uh, I mean you know not high school but non-NBA players in and then now we got a bunch of different teams now we're having a draft because now it's not going to be rookie versus sophomores now it's going to yeah. be rookies and sophomores yeah which will leave it prone to the teams not matching up well um again there's a lot of room for error but i I will say i'm excited to see them do something different me too uh and i do think if the teams like match up well and even if they don't man it's still good to see all a lot of the young talent yeah it's never a bad thing to see more young talent uh them incorporating in the g league uh, that's a cool idea. I, I think they could do it better in the future. And mm-hmm. I think they, they will. This is like a kind of a first, like a blueprint kind of moment. But I think it sucks not seeing the rookies on the same team. I, I've hated. That's the big loss right there. I should say I've hated, but I didn't like it since they did the team world thing. And it's no disrespect to the world, obviously, the non-U.S. citizens or whatever. But the, I liked the... 
I just like seeing the rookies joining forces to beat the older guys. You know, it's like the JV team versus the varsity team. I always thought that was cool. I just had a fun time comparing. It gives you a good way, like good moment to compare the two classes. It does. And this this class is stacked. This is a stacked class. I know. Now we're going to see them all over the place, like kind of randomly. Uh, I wanted to see Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Chris Duarte on the same same squad. Like that would have been so crazy. But I think now it'll have more impact when they shine in, in this kind of tournament. Yeah, maybe. But, man, LaMelo and um, – and uh, Edwards on the same team. Oh my god! <laughs> I need it it could have been crazy. It's it's still gonna be crazy because you know we're still gonna have all those guys out there. Just I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, it'll leave, I think it'll leave really moments. Good. I think it might not be great this initial year, mm-hmm. but the potential to have like great rivalry moments. Yeah, you know, like like if Lamelo and, and Anthony Edwards were, you know, fighting for top spots in the league, and now they're facing against each other. Yeah. Uh, so I think it, it does leave room for some cool stuff to happen. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is all I have for today. Um, you got anything else? Mm. That's it. Uh, we'll be back to talk about the conference championship games next week. And um, I guess more trade deadline talk. I'm sure something is going to happen by then. I don't think everything's going to happen on trade deadline day again. We'll, this probably year. Have, we'll probably have more better idea of some of the rumors, some of the potential moves. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Uh, please share all the good stuff we talk about every time we have merch on our website link is in the bio on our instagram no clue podcast on instagram uh, no clue podcast youtube we're back video is back uh yeah i think i think that's it and uh till next time